Welcome. Um, this is obviously our annual uh, Christmas carol service, and um, we're going to have a, a great morning. You've Good morning. Luke 1, verses 26 to 37. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord, God, will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren in her, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be with you. Uh, my name is Adrian Holloway. It was a pleasure to be speaking here last Christmas, and it's great to be back. And in the reading that we just heard, amongst other things, we saw that the gift that God wants to give us is a person. And I thought maybe just to help us get to know each other a bit at the beginning, maybe I could just tell you a funny story to get underway. So first of all, here's a picture of my wife and our uh, four children. Um, my wife's called Julia. Thank you for that, R. Um, <laughs> my wife's called, called Julia. And uh, two years, two years after we got married, uh, I took Julia out for a wedding anniversary meal. Uh, it was a romantic occasion. It was at a local, I think, Italian restaurant. And the evening was going really well, so well, that I plucked up the courage to ask my wife, Julia, a question that I had never, ever asked her before. I asked her, why did you marry me? And she answered, well, I could see that you needed help. <laughs> Incredulous. I asked, what do you mean? She said, you weren't normal. She said, you needed sorting out. And folks, she wasn't kidding. Because for the three years before I married Julia, I only ate tinned meat. I had four tins that I used to rotate. I used to live with Neil, our host. He can verify to the truth of this story. I had four tins. When I lived with Neil, I had four tins that I used to rotate. Sainsbury's chili con carne, Sainsbury's chicken madras, Sainsbury's chicken korma, and in my opinion, the prince of Sainsbury's tin meat range, chicken supreme. <laughs> in fact, I remember Julia looking me in the eye once saying, I know dogs that have got a more varied diet than you. But Julia has been a gift to me. Folks, 32 years ago, 
I was doing what most of us were doing last night, watching England on the big screen in the World Cup. This was Italia 90. I was packed into a bar, hundreds of people watching the World Cup. Uh, it was England against Belgium. It was nil-nil. It was going towards penalties. It was almost the end of extra time. When Paul Gascoigne Paul Gascoin chipped the ball over the Belgian defence. And David Platt, in the final minute of the game, swiveled to volley the ball into the net for the winning goal. And in that moment, as the ball hit the back of the net and everybody erupted in the bar, in that moment, I kissed people (laughs) who I'd never met. But you see, David Platt is a person who you can have a relationship with. He's got a wife called Rachel. He's got a son called Charlie. Julia Holloway is a science teacher who lives in a place called Blackwater on the border of Hampshire and Surrey. The gift that God wants to give us, according to our first reading, is a person. You see, the gift, according to Luke, isn't a concept. The gift God wants to give us at Christmas isn't a theory. It's not an idea. No, the gift is a someone a person called Jesus. And with this gift, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. In fact, Jesus himself, the baby Jesus, grew up to promise everyone who follows him, I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. Good morning. John 3, verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In our second reading that we heard just a few minutes ago, we heard, amongst other things, that the gift shows that you are valuable to God. Four Christmases ago, I heard a story, a funny story. It was actually on the news. And this was about a woman who was in the supermarket and she's getting in her Christmas food shop. At the end, she's got two trolleys absolutely overflowing with Christmas food. And she's got to the checkout. It's quite a long queue. But she's got that sinking feeling because she's got three debit or credit cards, but she is worried that she has already maxed out all of the credit on all three cards. And so as the queue's getting shorter, she's just imagining the moment once all of her stuff's been scanned and it's all been bagged up. Sorry, madam, that card's been declined. Oh, no, 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 no worries. I've got another one. Sorry, madam. That card's also been declined. She's imagining all this and like people are watching and listening and she's like dreading the moment. All this time, the queue's getting shorter and shorter until eventually there's actually only one bloke ahead of her in the queue. And this bloke, he's just got a basket and he's only got four items. And so his four items, of course, are scanned really quickly. And then with the fourth item scanned, the cashier says, Sir, sir, my screen is telling me, sir, that congratulations are in order. So my screen is telling me that you, sir, have just won our free shopping 
competition. Sir, my screen is telling me that you, sir, you are our one millionth customer. And that means, sir, that all the items that you have brought to the checkout today are all absolutely free. The bloke looks down at his basket and his four items. But without missing a beat, he turns to the woman behind him in the queue, who's a complete stranger. This is the woman with the two trolleys full of supermarket shopping. And he throws his arms open wide towards her. And he shouts at the top of his voice, Darling, he says, we've won. And he gives her a massive hug. And she kind of realizes what's happening. She gives him a massive hug back. And all of her stuff gets scanned. It all gets bagged up. She all gets all of her shopping absolutely free. So she felt really valued by him. But what if, what if he'd given her even more? I mean, let's just imagine for a moment. Let's imagine that this bloke had sold his house and given her all the money from the proceeds of the sale of the house. What if this bloke had emptied all of his bank accounts, all of his savings accounts? What if he'd even given her his pension? He'd given her all the money that he has in the world. Well, she would feel even more valued by him. What if he had given her even more than that? According to the Bible, the most precious thing that God the Father had was his one and only Son. And yet it is his one and only Son that God gives you as a gift at Christmas. So it must be the case that you are valuable to God. Our third reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. Amen. In our third reading that we heard just a few minutes ago, uh, we heard that the gift can bring you joy and peace. My story is that I didn't go to church. Uh, I didn't go to church. I didn't have any friends who went to church. But then I got invited along uh, to a church, a bit like this church, and I met some people there who had a sense of peace that wasn't dependent on their circumstances. And at their carol service, the assistant pastor, his name was Malcolm Kite, he did this talk called, What's the Point of Christmas? And he said that if we accept God's gift of Christ at Christmas, then Christ will provide us with peace 
and joy in this life and in the next. But how? Well, I thought maybe at this point, uh, folks, we could have a bit of festive fun. Uh, I've got here uh, a box, and I can tell you that this box is full of Christmas paraphernalia and Christmas tat. So I was thinking, maybe we could have a bit of fun at this point, and as I bring each item out of this box, maybe you could cheer loudly for any items that you'd like to keep in Christmas, or alternatively, boo loudly for any items that you want to kind of purge or delete from Christmas. Okay? So have you got the routine? Cheer for stay, boo for bin. Are you ready? Okay, you're going to make some noise, yeah? First item, ladies and gentlemen, my turkey hat. You don't like my turkey hat? Yes! Man at the back, man at the back, out of sympathy, likes my turkey hat. Okay, I know you don't like my turkey hat. Now, I predict that this next item will sharply divide opinion in Harpenden this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you some Christmas Brussels sprouts. Started off with cheers, towards the end of booze. These sprouts, of course, ladies and gentlemen, otherwise known as the devil's grapes. What else have we got here? I've got, uh, now this again, could divide opinion, Christmas pudding. Some members of the band and choir. I, I'm a, I love Christmas pudding. Not everyone likes Christmas pudding. What else have we got here? I've got here um, some satsumas. You've got to like satsumas. Yeah, you like satsumas. Okay. And then one other thing I've got here. I've got here, again, this could be controversial. I've got here my stocking for the dog. And inside, if you're, if you're, if you're interested, I've got my ho-ho-ho dog biscuits. Not everybody thinks the dog deserves a stocking. Now, I've also got here um, a bin bag, and you might say, oh, what's that got to do with Christmas? Well, let me say that um, on Christmas morning, when uh, my kids were young, when they were all growing up, and uh, they've all opened their presents, yeah, and, and the living room floor is strewn with bits, yes, strewn with bits of wrapping paper. It's someone's job. Yes, it's someone's job to get down on their hands and knees and pick up every single scrap of wrapping paper. Now, I don't know about you, but could I just ask, just for my own interest, how many of you other dads or indeed granddads, this is also your job? Could you raise your hand? Could you just raise your hand? Yeah, it's not just me. Now, we shouldn't complain about this job. We shouldn't complain because the alternative adult job at this moment on Christmas morning is to rush around with a piece of paper and a pen saying, who was that from? Who was that from? Now, I grant you that it may be that I only think like this because I do carol service talks, but um, one year I'm standing there holding my bin bag on Christmas morning and I did think about Malcolm Kite and his talk, What's the Point of Christmas? Because believe it or not, Malcolm Kite had used a bin bag to show what the point of Christmas is. So he had said, just imagine for a moment that God is somewhere up here, he says. And now let's imagine that my left hand is you and me, and we are made for a relationship with God with nothing in the way. He said, but the problem is that it's the rubbish in my life that gets in the way of my relationship with God. He said, let me see if I can explain what I mean. He said, just imagine, he says. Just imagine if there was a video camera that had somehow managed to video record everything you've ever thought, 
everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. He said, how would you feel if somebody edited together your top 10 worst ever thoughts and projected them on the screen right now? And can I just break in and explain? If it was me, if it was even one of my worst ever thoughts, I would be gutted. I mean, I would be devastated. If you knew what I'm really like, I would be gutted. But he says, it's those things, those things on the screen. That's the rubbish in my life, he says. That's what separates me from a holy God. That comes in between me and God. And Malcolm says, look, the Bible says that actually all of us are in this position, that all of us have sinned and now we fall short of the glory of God. I mean, the glory of God may well be up there somewhere, but I can't see it. And he says, the problem is that when I die, he says, I'm going to still be separated from God because I can't undo the past. I can't make it never have happened. He says, the Bible says that the result of the wages of sin is death. So we're going to be separated forever. We're going to be separated from God. We're looking at eternal separation from God, eternal death, the death penalty. He says, this is the bad news, Malcolm says. But he says, hey, look over here at my right hand. Just imagine if my right hand is Jesus of Nazareth. Now, the Bible says about him that he never sinned, and therefore he never had anything separating him from his father until when he was about 33 years old, when he died on the cross. And as he died, all of the sins of everyone who would ever believe in him are placed upon him. So this is a totally new experience for Jesus as he's separated from his father. But Malcolm says, hey, it is enough good news for you and me if we choose to believe it. Because look, the barrier is gone. And so this is why the shepherds are told, today in the town of David, a savior will be born to you. Because you see, it's when he's 33, when the baby grows up, when he's 33, that's when he does the saving. That's when he takes the death penalty that was coming to you and me. So he saves us from the death penalty by taking it upon himself. That's how coming he's a savior. And so it really is true to say that God so loved you that he gave his one and only son so that now if you believe in him, look, you won't perish. No, no, you will have eternal life. And in fact, the gift that is on offer this morning is even better than that. Let's imagine for a moment that this White sheet represents the perfect life of Christ, Christ who never sinned. Now, if you put your trust in him this morning, then what he'll do is he'll cover over all of my sins, all of my stuff, all of my hurts, all of my past, all of your stuff too, so that if you put your trust in Christ, then you're clothed with Christ. And so it really is true to say that the message of Christmas is glory to God in the highest, and peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. Can you see his favor resting on you? Because it doesn't matter which angle you come from, all your stuff is now covered. It's all dealt with. So when God looks at you, all he sees is the perfection of his son. This is the peace that's on offer this morning. And if you receive this peace when we pray in just a few moments, well, what a thing it is for you to wake up tomorrow morning and then every morning for the rest of your life knowing, hey, it doesn't matter what comes against me today. 
I know God loves me. God's got a good plan for my life. I've got peace with God. And if you are not sure that you've definitely got that peace, you can have it. And you can have it right now. Folks, the whole reason why Christ came into the world at Christmas is so that you can have this peace. And so if you want to receive that peace, I'd like to finish now by praying the last thing we sang. The last thing we sang was the last verse of a little town of Bethlehem. And in a moment, I'd like to make that a prayer that you can pray silently to receive that peace. In a moment, I'd like to pray, I'd like to personalize it and pray, Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend to me, I pray. Cast out my sin and enter in. Be born in me today. Oh, come to me. Abide with me, my Lord, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. So I'd like to finish by praying that prayer again. I'll just say what I just said. We'll be praying. And then if you want to make that your prayer, I'll add another little prayer that you can also make your own if you'd like to. So if you'd like to, you can bow your head or close your eyes. But equally, you can just keep your eyes open and stare straight ahead. It really doesn't matter. But why don't we finish now with a prayer? Let's pray together. 